What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. It's good to be with you today. Um, today, I'm excited about our episode. Um, I'm on with a guy who is uh, extremely knowledgeable about the industry of you know outdoor and hunting stuff. Um, you know, probably one of the best big mule deer hunters alive out there today. Uh, he's one of the co-founders of Rockslide, the hunting forum, um, and. Uh, like I said, is extremely knowledgeable about gear, Western hunting tactics and stuff like that. And he's also a believer. So um, if you're not familiar with him or you haven't guessed yet, uh, my guest today is Robbie Denning, um, who I'm excited about sharing this episode with you guys. Um, you know, way back when I asked him to be on the show, he, um, he agreed and sent me a copy of his book. Um, so uh, it's called Hunting Big Mule Deer. It's an awesome book, whether you're new to um, hunting mule deer, or hunting out west, or even if you've been hunting mule deer your whole life, uh, there's just some awesome knowledge in here about, I mean, he covers everything from, you know, footwear and fitness and optics to tactics, a couple great stories, e-stick outing, research, just pretty much everything head to toe. And and Robbie's a guy who has dedicated his entire hunting career which is a lot of the focus of his life honestly to hunting big mature mule deer so he's kind of a expert in that he sort of um, decided to prioritize hunting big mule deer and just has been going after that um so you know super super good guy to talk to like i said very knowledgeable about the industry and about hunting um and very generous guy um by you know sending me a, his book and he you know signed a copy of it for me so um if you get a chance um definitely check out his book check out his stuff on youtube uh on uh, on rock slide uh, they have a podcast as well and uh uh, definitely can learn about big mule deer from Robbie. So it's a great conversation. Um, we talk obviously about mule deer. Um, we talk a lot about faith and uh, what role that's played in his life and making him the hunter and the entrepreneur and the author and the man that he is. Um, so it's a really cool episode. Um, and so, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, also I just want to mention um, so this episode is going to be audio only, even though I'm doing this video intro right now. Um, you know, I have a, basically I have a backlog of a bunch of really good episodes that I recorded over the past couple months before I started making the switch to go into YouTube, um, or, you know, going to YouTube in addition to your podcast uh, platform. So, so that is the direction the podcast is going. We're going to be doing video podcasts on all our podcasts moving forward. Like I said, it is a lot more work and it takes difficulty from about a two to a 10, but I think it's worth it. Um, you know, and, um, so, um, I'm going to be doing all my podcasts moving forward with video. However, I have a backlog of some great content that's audio only. So, um, you know, I'm going to sprinkle in some of my new podcasts, which are video and audio, 
and maybe do every other week kind of thing uh, with the ones that I have backlogged that are audio only. But don't worry, we are going that direction uh, to video only. Um, not only we're going to be, you know, you're going to continue to be able to get the podcasts on, you know, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, all those places, um, no matter what, but we're going to also have YouTube. Um, and that'll be whether or not we have video, but that's where we're headed. So, um, so I hope you'll subscribe to the YouTube channel and stay tuned. Um, obviously I'm going to have, uh, some really cool film projects coming up this, um, this fall, one of which just got solidified, um, this week actually that I'm really excited about. Um, I'm going to wait to make that announcement, but basically it's a September project I'm going to be doing on top of my Kodiak thing and on top of the Wyoming thing. Um, I'm teaming up with, uh, another content creator that I know you guys have heard of, and, uh, I'm going to be helping him shoot and produce a hunt in New Mexico. So more on that um, later, but I want to hold you in suspense a little bit there on that one. Um, anyway, um, I want to continue kind of giving away some decals and stuff to guys who have been leaving me five-star reviews and ratings on Apple. Um, if you haven't done that yet, please take a minute to leave me a rating and review on Apple and please subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Uh, again, you can find that YouTube channel and the link in my Instagram bio or just search my name, which is Hunter McWaters in YouTube and you'll find that. So, but right now, if you're listening, Three Rivers Outdoors OK, Pacer 01, Outlaw 41, Kaeo Subiono, hope I'm saying that right, and Colin Rooney 8. If you guys email me at hunter at this is huntersquest.com. I'll get you some decals in the mail. And again, I really appreciate those reviews. So, um, you know, lastly, going into this one, um, you know, I was reading the Bible the other day um, in my spiritual time, my spiritual uh, discipline, spiritual fitness time, and came across this one. It's a short and sweet verse, but I think it really fits Robbie in this episode well. And so this is from Habakkuk, which is in the Old Testament. He's an Old Testament prophet. So it's Habakkuk 3.19. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. So again, short and sweet, but I think it fits Robbie perfectly because he's very open about the fact that the Lord is his strength. And, you know, we even see that in... Um, in a story he tells us, uh, in the top of the podcast, um, that, uh, is an amazing story, kind of got him started in the world of big mule deer and, uh, something where his faith really became a tangible thing that kept him going. And he ended up shooting, I think the biggest mule deer of his life. Um, but anyway, uh, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. Amen. So that's Habakkuk 319. And uh, all right, well, now we're going to head on over to this episode with Robbie. I hope you enjoy it. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. All right, well, I'm here with my guest today. Really excited to get a chance to catch up with Robbie Denning. How you doing, brother? Hey, good man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, it's great to it's great to be with you. Um, so yeah, how just jumping in here, man. Uh, I've been able to um, 
hear a little bit from you on this. I'm doing this uh, founder speaker series thing with uh, with Heather, and uh, that's been cool. So, but never really gotten to talk back and forth with you. So I'm excited about it, man. All right, has the founder series been helpful? Yeah, it has. Uh, I learned a lot during your session. Um, you know, especially. <laughs> one thing that was good for me was just hearing about, you know, building those personal relationships. And, you know, I, I was kind of with my go getter attitude. I, I still kind of wrestle with, am I supposed to be kind of aggressive trying to, you know, forge partnerships or should I just kind of slow play it a little bit? So I'm still trying to find balance there, but I learned a lot and uh, it's been good. Build your business slowly. Don't yeah. ever be afraid of that concept. And uh, sometimes, you know, things speed up. They really do. And you got to be aggressive. You got to be ready for that. But I've, I've kind of found if that's your only tool in the toolbox, boy, you can make a lot of messes and you can end up in a lot of relationships that probably yes. are uh, unequally yoked, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. Um, and I know I know the world is like, you know, pound it, pound it, and, you know, just more, 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 more. Uh, sometimes that's not the way of the Lord. There, there can be times for that, but I've, I've kind of found that, you know, he'll let you know when you need to do that. Mm. Um, and, and, um, you know, I think in this big, big world, especially where we're all kind of connected virtually, we forget that, that those are people on the other end of those, yeah. those screen names and accounts and emails and stuff. And, and, you know, they're, they're just like us and, um, you know, they want, they want somebody to trust, you know, they want to grow their business too. Um, and, you know, most people do not want to be compelled to say yes Right. And, um, you know, so that's just, just something the Lord kind of changed for me over the years. Like I learned it in my outfitting business that I, you know, I'm an honest person, but you know, I could paint a picture to, 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 to a potential client pretty easily and get them pretty excited. But if I stood back and just really looked at it and I thought, you know what, I'm telling them the truth, but they don't have the same perspective that I do of, of hunting and mm -hmm. even in a good place, how hard it can be yeah. and things like that. And so I just really started to tone it back almost to maybe even talking people out of it a little bit. Yeah. And I, and I noticed I ended up with better customers, mm. you know, better relationships with those customers. Yeah. And, and it was, it, you know, it was just God kind of just showing me that, you know, you can be telling the truth, but you can still, I don't want to use the word deceive because I was never, I was never purposely trying to do that with people, but you know, maybe right. not, maybe not be accurate, you know, and not yeah. take in their perspective. And I think that applies to the stuff we've been talking about in the founder series about building businesses and everything, you know? And, yeah. and um, so anyway, so yeah, it takes the pressure off too. I mean, like I think you said um, under promise and over deliver and that absolutely. Yeah. Man. And it really takes the pressure off. I can imagine, especially like an outfitting type situation, but in everything that's, that's wisdom, you know? Yeah. Well, our human nature is the opposite. You right. know, we, we, we overpromise and, and we don't even really realize it. I, I learned that from a, a, a guy that ran a Cadillac dealership in in Texas, it was a book I read and, and, you know, he was like the number one dealer and, you know, he, he just said, you know, what does it, what does it boil down to? And that's what he had kind of learned is, you know, it, it's pretty easy to sell a Cadillac, mm. you know, if you think about it, but he says, it's also really easy to overpromise on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of started applying that to my business and stuff. And, you know, you, you know, I work in personal training primarily 
And yeah, it's another place it's easy to overpromise. Oh, yeah. And um but it slows things down and a lot of people aren't comfortable with it. You know, they're looking for the big deals and the right. you know, the fast track to everything. And, and like I said, sometimes God does move that way. You know, you want to mm-hmm. be ready for that too. You gotta be able to gotta be able to move when people are ready to move. For sure, man. Um so just uh how was your how was your twenty twenty hunting season, man? Um well it's always good to be out hunting. <laughs> but it was um, the first time I had not um, filled a tag in mm. a decade, and I actually hunted more. That I just ended up with some good tags last year, just the way you know things had kind of come together. So I was um, hunting early season, clear to the end of November. Not the whole time, but I mean, I had tag opportunities in right. that time. And, um, you know, the year before my son and I had, had taken three bucks. And mm. so our, our freezer was in great shape and, you know, I still, I still hunt that way of kind of, if the freezers lean, the standards are lower. If the <laughs> yeah. freezers full, the standards are high, Yeah, you know, cause I really, you know, I, my, my dad taught me, you know, young and, and I think a lot of people do this. I'm not saying they don't. But, you know, some people don't, they're, you know, you, you eat what you kill Absolutely. and, um, you know, it's, uh, so, so it, I've kind of carried that through as I got older and sometimes it's like, you know, we got enough here. This is a good time to really, um, be picky, picky, picky. So that's what I was last year. And I, I passed up a lot of really good bucks that on other years, you know, I would have, I would have tried to get. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you hear me say passing up a buck, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm talking about sometimes just seeing one and deciding not to hunt them. It doesn't mean I could have got them. Right. You know, the, the way I hunt the old area, you know, I see, I see a lot of bucks that still just cause you saw them does not mean you can kill them. Sure. And, um, so, you know, what, when I say that, it's not like I had my finger on the trigger and, you know, I'm sizing him up and, oh, you know, he's three inches too short on that side. Nothing like that. But it <laughs> yeah. was like, you know, I saw, saw some good bucks that I was like, you know, on another year I would be figuring out how to, how to stalk him or right. sometimes you, you spot him from a couple miles away, which is sometimes foreign to an Eastern hunter that, you yes, know, you actually see is. an animal that you can't <laughs> shoot, but it's like, yeah, we, in fact, most of the bucks I see, I can't shoot right. just by the way I hunt. Um, and, uh, so you gotta, you know, make your plans to get in their living room that I call it and let them make a mistake. And so, um, I didn't do that last year. I stayed back and, you know, I can't remember how many days I hunted hunter. It was, it was, it was almost too many. I was really (laughs) tired, probably, probably 40, 45 days of open season somewhere in there. And, um, it was good. It was good to really get out there and be picky like that. Sure. Um, but I did not, um, end up taking an animal. Um, although in Colorado, I, I did shoot at one on the last day and, um, there's a, there's a video out there on YouTube, on our YouTube <laughs> channel called hunting big mule deer with Travis and Robbie. And, um, that was a good buck, you know? So I actually, I did have a chance at a good buck and, uh, and I just missed and it was only like at 135 yards. Mm. But, uh, if you go watch that film, um, it was a pretty, pretty justifiable mess. I was shooting through, um, a little tiny gap in the timber. Yeah. It happens to the best and, of us, man. <laughs> oh yeah. So, so there was a chance, you know, I did, yeah. I did pull the trigger. 
Um, but then, um, you know, hunted on another tag clear into late November and it was a little disappointing, but you know what, that's just hunting. And I've just kind of learned that, well, you can't be disappointed too long. Yeah. You got to get up and get moving or you'll talk yourself out of it. You'll, you'll start thinking the, 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 the best days are behind. And, and I just, I just can't hunt that way. I just always got to be thinking ahead that, nope, nope, this is how it is. And it's going to happen. Yeah. And, um, you know, the good times aren't over as, uh, Merle Haggard tried to say. <laughs> yeah. So like speaking of that, what, what do you got planned for 2021? I don't know. I'm still kind of waiting on what I scout up. Oh yeah. Sometimes okay. I don't, I don't even know what I'm hunting until a couple of days before the season opens. Gotcha. Um, but no big tag opportunities this year. Um, probably just be hunting my home state of Idaho. Um, unless, um, just something comes that I, that I'm not, uh, thinking I'm going to get. Cause right now, See, Colorado drew yesterday, mm-hmm. and I was in for a tag that was about a 30% chance of drawing, um, and I didn't get it. And that was actually, I got to think, one, two. That was probably my best odds tag mm. that I've put in for this year. So, every, the meaning everything else has lower odds than that. Right. So, that could just be hunting, hunting the home state and just trying to turn over a buck here and sometimes yeah. that's my favorite favorite kind of hunting but i literally our archery season opens august 30th nice. and i have literally some years not known where i'm going until the 28th or 29th hmm. you know somewhere in there like I, you know, I could be on one one side of the state or the other side of the state it just depends on what i find yeah i hear you man it's good that, it's good you have some good options at home too um oh yeah well you, when I originally talked to you about setting up this interview, you sent me a copy of your book, which thank you. It's an awesome book. You're um, welcome. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Um, one of my favorite stories in it is the story you open the book with, which is kind of the story that got that got you started um, with, you know, your kind of all in big mule deer kind of lifestyle. Um, I'd love to love to hear you tell me that story if, if you don't mind for the listeners oh sure man <laughs> yeah the name the name of that chapter is uh the one that started it all because that truly was the one that started it all for me and uh you know i'm a christian i'm pretty sure that's why you reached out to me on this podcast and um I, but i didn't reason. grow up i didn't grow up in a in, in in as a as a christian i was actually my family's been heavily involved in in cults for a couple of generations oh, and wow. so um, that always kind of leads to um, 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 a relationship with God that's kind of based on some some false foundations, yeah. and um, you, you end up being really afraid of God, like He's going to smash you like a bug, yeah. because um, the cults are almost always based on man's righteousness and man's ability to get to God. Mm. And, um, the, the, the common thing in a lot of those is, you know, that Jesus, Jesus Christ, he's just a man is what they, is what they try to teach you. So I didn't, I didn't really have a lot of love for God in my family. I had fear, I had fear, yeah. but I didn't have any, I didn't have any love for him and didn't, didn't realize his goodness. Mm. And, uh, so, um, I got saved when I was 23, just, uh, just like an 18 year old young Christian gal, just, loved the Lord, grew up in a Christian home, wasn't afraid of telling anybody about Jesus. And, you know, she sat me down. She said, this is the way it is. And, and man, it was the first time I had ever heard anybody 
really talk about the love of God. And, mm. and man, it, I, I think I got saved right when I heard it. Yeah. And so that, that actually awesome. ties into the story and I'll tell you why, because, um, I was still only 23 and, um, you know, just, I didn't get into a church. I didn't even really understand the Christian churches, you know, the, the growing up in the cults, you know, you have one church you go to and that's the only one you can go to. And, so I just didn't really know what to do. And and so I kind of just floundered in my faith. It didn't really grow and, and um, um, got married um, and, you know, pretty unequally yoked relationship. And, um, you know, God bless the gal. I'm not married to her anymore, but, you know, we were just, we were just doing what sinners do. You know, we didn't know any better. Yeah. And um, that, that relationship only lasted about 10, 12 months. Mm. And, um, so by that time, you know, I'm almost 27 and I was going through some really, really rocky times in that relationship. And, you know, and it was a 50, 50 deal, you know, I don't want to make it sound like it was her fault. I mean, it was both of us just not, just not knowing how to, how to treat your, your partner. Right. And I went through some heavy temptation and I, I knew enough of God to just say, Hey Lord, I, I surrender to you in this. I don't know what to do in this situation but I, I just surrender to you in it. And, and, and I did. And, um, so l- let me tie that to the buck story. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of people are going to have a real hard time with this. Some of my worst reviews on Amazon are my book and it, because people are like, man, this dude just walks around praising God because he killed a big buck. <laughs> well, you know, I believe that God, that all good things come from God's yeah. hand. And if, if, if something, something is, is of the Lord and and, and it's important to you. It's important to him. Yeah. And man, a lot of people have a hard time with that. You know, they just think he's just this big guy in the sky that, you know, maybe you get to see him when you die, you die, but it doesn't have much to do with your lives. And I don't believe that at all. Yeah. And like you said, and it's so, the goodness of God that draws men to repentance, not uh, fear. That's how I closed my book. If you pay attention, that's the, <laughs> in the last chapter of the book. It's the goodness of God that draws us, draws us to him. And Absolutely. so, so anyways, Tying it to the buck story, <laughs> okay, um, is in August of 96. This is when I was going through all this turmoil with my marriage and just not really knowing what was going to happen. Um, I found the still to this day the biggest deer I have ever seen on the hoof. And um, I was just kind of scouting like I was talking about a minute ago, you know, getting ready for season and everything. And I found this, found this buck and I just knew that, okay, he was about five miles from a road, horseback type country had to get into. Um, you know, I had hunted it on years prior. I knew it a little bit. Um, and I had actually seen him the year before, but he wasn't, he was still pretty big. He was probably 195, 200 mm. then. And I actually went back to check on him. And then there would have been a 30 inch there the year before. So, you know, just bucks are like crops, you know, some, sometimes one area just comes on, Yeah. you know, you have a good crop in that area. And, and, and so I checked on, checked on that place and found this buck. And the reason I know it was the same buck from the year before is, is he had very identifiable cheaters at the junction of of his G, uh, one, his G two and his G three. Okay. And then just various little stickers sticking out everywhere that were kind of small the year before. And he had great brow tines. And so anyways, I went back in there. It was the 7th of August. Um, so I went in on the sixth and spent the night and that morning I got up and was glassing at at, at daylight and, um, spotted this big non-typical um cross canyon over on the ridge on another ridge and i man he just blew me away how big he was i still remember <laughs> sitting there just like rubbing my eyes like is this real 
And as I got looking at him, I realized this is that buck from last year. You know, I could just tell. And I thought, you yeah. know, if it's not him, it's his twin brother. And he's just, he's just, I mean, he had put on, you know, 30 inches from the year before. Wow. And he was a big buck the year before. So anyways, um, I thought, okay, th this is where I'm going. This is what I'm doing. I'm throwing everything I got at it. Um, we, we have an archery season we can hunt, and then we have a rifle season we can hunt on the same tag. And so I just thought this is what I'm going to do. And um, and so, uh, you know, hunted, hunted my tail off through archery season after him, um, you know, put in a lot of days, never saw him. And, you know, he was with another buck that was a big wide buck. And, uh, he was there. I saw him, um, during the archery season, but just never did see this other one. And plus, you know, there was like three or four other, you know, kind of nice bucks that were there. And yeah. I kept seeing other bucks in there. I just kept thinking I was going to turn him over. And, um, you know, so this, this temptation that I was under really to end my marriage is probably the best way to put it. I just had said, you know what, God, I know that's not your will. And I didn't even know the verses really in the Bible about, about, um, you know, divorce and adultery. I, I didn't even know that stuff, you know, but it was basically the Holy Spirit was just putting on me that as bad as your marriage seems, God does not want you to, to make this move to get divorced. Mm. And everybody in my circle <laughs> was like, divorce her, get away from her, except for one guy. Mm. And he was a Christian. And I'm still friends with him all these years later. He was the only guy in this circle of five, 10, 15 people that was like, you know, I know it's bad, but God, God can do a lot with yeah. a broken relationship. And, and I just, I just want you to hang on. Huh. And, um, so I did, I just did. I just said, okay, Lord, I'm going to do it. And so this is not in that chapter in the book. No, yeah. This is extra. Right? Yeah, this is extra. Right? It's probably the only podcast I would tear this tell this part of the story on. Now the story that's in the book, that's that's just the physical part of the hunt and and you know, all the days I put in, how I couldn't find the buck during archery season. And then rifle season opened and it was kind of funny. I ended up finding a really big buck in another place. I hunted him for a few days of the rifle season that was even bigger than this buck. There was, it, that was an incredible year for big non-typicals mm. for me. Somebody else ended up, up killing, ended up killing that buck and um, almost right in front of me. <laughs> and um, it was just like, wow, just like such a, such a downer. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I won't apologize. I'm a deer hunter at heart. That's how God made me. This stuff must be important to me because I dedicated my whole life to it. Yeah. You know, um, uh, you know, it ranks below it below providing for my family. It ranks below my, my relationship with God. Um, but you know, it's, it's right up there with the most important things in life. And <laughs> some people you. have a real problem with that. Yeah. And I like, I, I don't know what to tell you. It's, it's, it's what I, it's, it's what I've thought about. It's what I, it's what I enjoy. It's what, it's just what has made me, you know, um, as a person, yeah. it's just what I do. And so, you know, I had that same passion then. And I was so devastated that that guy got that other buck. Um, but um, I just thought, you know what? I got to get back after this other one. I know this other one is, 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 is there somewhere, even though I couldn't find him in the archery season. And I was only home like one day. And Dang. I'd been on this other buck for like a week. And, you know, I had quite a bit of time off. You know, I've always worked very hard. I'm not a hunting bum. 
but I always worked <laughs> very hard to make sure I, I had the time to do what I needed to do. You know, if that meant working harder, you know, and I've had the same job for 30 years. And so the, the, you know, the man I worked for, he kind of understood how I was wired. He knew I was taking care of his business. So when it was time for me to, to do what I needed to do, I could do it. So I was just home that one day, packed the horses up and uh, headed into the high country. And I got there the night before the elk season opened and there were just hunters everywhere you know, <laughs> a lot of elk pressure in that area yeah and um like i so many i mean five miles in and i still could not camp where i needed to camp because there, there was a big wall tent set up there mm. and just up and down this drainage it's like about a mile long you know there was two or three other camps i was like wow so i had to camp in a little bit different spot I had to go like knock on some guy's tent and say man is it okay if i camp over there in that meadow i mean i realize it's public ground but you know i don't want you sure wondering why i just moved in he was cool he's like oh yeah yeah get camp right over there man so um so i got up the next morning and um and remember man my marriage is falling apart at this mm. time it is very hard to to be in the mountains and, and oh, thinking yeah. about this stuff and what you need to do and and you know and keep in mind my marriage in my mind is not falling i mean i i couldn't I couldn't do anything about it being at home. You know, it was what it was without getting into all the details. And so, um, but I had been in the holding pattern that I had agreed with, with my friend, my right. Christian friend that, okay, man, I am not going to seek divorce. I'm going to seek reconciliation. And that's what I had done to the best of what one baby Christian full on center could do. And so, you know, I, I, I was there about six or seven days. We just got pounded with snow and, um, um, the, the elk hunters had kind of started to pull out and right in this basin, it's kind of a big quakey filled basin. I think you guys call them, call them popples out there, but just big brushy basin. And, um, there was elk hunters all over in that thing, but there were still bucks in there. I'd seen a couple of bucks in there. So I thought, well, the bucks haven't moved out. I'm just going to keep hunting here. And, you know, when you spend that much time alone in the mountains, um, your, your daily consciousness almost becomes prayer. And, and, and what I mean by that is, mm. you know, like, if you pray on a regular day, you're just like, Oh yeah, I need to pray about this, you know, and you, humble yourself before the Lord and you pray, you do all that stuff. But when you're alone that much, yeah, you're just it, praying I find it doesn't, you just flow right <laughs> yeah. into prayer. You're just talking to God. Though. I mean, you might be talking to yourself, but you're talking to God. Yeah, you know? totally, man. And that whole marriage thing was on my mind. And I was like, Lord, I'm trying to do it right. But, you know, honestly, I'd be more comfortable to be divorced right now. not worried about this big mess. And, um, uh, um, you know, that was kind of where I was at. And, so I've been there seven days. I've not seen the buck. And on the, on the sixth or seventh day, that's where the story picks up in my book on that track. Yeah. And I, I found a good, heavy, blocky buck track in, in the same country where I had been seeing this buck basically on the backside of the ridge and um, cut it, you know, not long after daylight you know, seven, eight, nine in the morning, something like that. And I'm like, you know, if, if this is not him, this is another really big, big buck. And as you heard me talk about, there's, there, there was quite a few big bucks right there that, that couple of years. Mm -hmm. And, um, I thought, you know, this, if this is not him, it could be one of those other ones I need to follow it. So I got on the track, followed it around the backside of the mountain. It climbed up onto a big ridge and then it dropped down on the backside of a ridge on a super steep slope, which is typically the kind of stuff that they'll bet on. And, you know, and, 
and 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 for people that don't live in the West, it's it's completely different um, tracking deer here than it is in you know typically the East because um, the terrain is so steep. A buck can literally put five, six, seven, eight hours of distance between you and him in in mm. in, in an hour because of the steepness of it. Where I have found tracking in in flatter terrain. I don't want to say I can keep up with them. If they start running, I can't, but they don't have the advantage of, I mean, they're just so physically able to just, it's nothing for them to climb a 30 degree slope where a man, I mean, that's clawing and scratching and going five yards and resting and you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, so this buck got onto that slope, but he was headed down. And I thought, oh man, I got the advantage. I can actually keep up with this deer. (laughs) So I'm moving down that slope fairly fast um, his tracks start to swing from left to right. I can tell he's feeding a little bit and, you know, it's usually a sign they're going to slow down and they're going to bed. And this is semi sort of semi broken timber. It's a good place to catch a buck. It's not so thick that you're just going to be standing on top of him by the time you see him. And, you know, out here we, we hunt with scopes. And so that can be really difficult to get a shot at a buck in the cover with a scope, you know, at like 20 yards, you know? Um, uh, and so I thought this, this is ideal. And so I'm, I'm just slowed down to, to, to a crawl watching for this buck to see if I could just either see him up or see him bedded. A lot of times the first time they'll bed, they'll bed in kind of, they, they might even bed right out in the open or they'll bed up under a, a, a spruce tree with high, high branches. And, you know, it's just kind of a easy place for them to lay. Maybe it's, maybe they, it's more, they have more visibility. Maybe right. that's why they lay there, you know, to look around a little bit, kind of let things settle down. You know, these bucks are five, six, seven, eight years old. So, They've been followed by cats and coyotes and bears and, you know, they, they, they don't just go lay down anywhere. And so I find if I can kill them, the first bed that they, that they get into that they're usually, that's usually my only chance. Cause after that they will, they'll get up and they usually move into cover mm. and that's where it gets super hard. You might know they're in there, but trying to get a shot is so hard. And so I'm just expecting this buck to be, be pretty vulnerable everything together and i've probably been on his track now i can't remember hour and a half two hours and um i look down and coming coming from my left to my right here's a set of fresh boot tracks smoking hot boot tracks Uh. and i am clear down on a 30 degree slope most of the hunters i've been seeing have been up on top they don't venture off of those on those slopes and neither do i unless there's a good reason to go down there because you know it's a butt kicker to get to get around on them what in the heck, where did this guy come from? And, and, and I kind of start following his tracks and I realize he is following the buck too, but uh. he's going way too fast. I can just tell by his stride, like this dude is cruising. And, and in fact, at first I didn't even think he was following the buck. I thought he was just walking through the area, but I realized every once in a while he would stop and look at the track and mm. I'm like, Oh my gosh, he's on this same buck. I cannot believe he's on the same buck. I mean, it's just devastating. Yeah. And, uh, so, um, I, I didn't follow it all that far, maybe two couple hundred yards. And, and that buck, um, had, I cannot remember now, this has been like 25 years ago. He had either bedded or he had gone down to feeding at a, at a snail space, which instead of zigging side to side, you know, they're kind of grabbing stuff as they're walking. Right. Now they're stopping and eating at a bush. You know, they'll stand there for a couple minutes. And that's, that's usually when you can tell this, this buck's getting ready to lay down. He's, he's filling his tummy. Well, that buck went from doing that 
or like I said, I might've discovered a bet. I can't remember two on a dead run. Oh. You could just see, you know, and these, these bucks, so they're just like white tails, they'll bound 20 feet, you know? And, and I could see he was just bound and, you know, and this guy was right on him. And, and, and so that's why I was talking about how different it is to, to track deer out here that, you know, there's, there's no way you can catch a buck like that in right. that type of country. Oh, yeah. Um, if, if they, if they're on to you, cause you know, it's just, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried for 25 years. You gotta, you gotta get, you gotta get them when they don't think you're following them. Yeah. So I was just devastated, you know, and, and, you know, I'm 90% sure it's the buck that I've been after all this time. And, uh, I just sat in the snow and, um, uh, I mean, and dude, I mean, I'm, I'm a 52 year old man. I still cry over big mule deer. I mean, my, I'm passionate about <laughs> yeah. them and they're, they're hard to get there. They break your heart. And if they don't break your heart, then you're probably not very passionate about yeah. them. I mean, and especially big ones, they are so hard and so far and few in between. So I just sat in the snow and I was exhausted. It was, it was part of it too. And I uh, just rested my head on my, on my knees and, and, and I started praying. The first time I wrote that story um, was in uh, a Rusty Hall's Trophy Hunter magazine. It's probably back in there about 98 if anybody has a copy. The first time I wrote that story was called The Prayer. Hmm. And um, uh, um, and it was kind of a different version of of, of what's in my book because the book one kind of had to be tight and fast and right. you know, opening chapter, and so um, I talked a little bit more about it in that story. That I I just sat there and just prayed that well, God, I really want to give up. I hate this. I can't <laughs> believe this just happened. This is the second big buck that's got away from me in a week because I'd lost that other big non typical to that guy, and I was just discouraged and like. Yeah. I had been hunting, I was 27 years old. I had been hunting mule deer, full dedication since I was 21. I just decided this is the direction I want to go with my life, and this is what I want to do. And yeah. um, I had really, really, really gone after it. And I was even in that prayer, like, God, am I just, is this even something you even want me to do? Is this even where the direction you want my life to go? <laughs> Don't you love um, how hunting it, can make you question your entire existence? <laughs> absolutely, dude. Absolutely. And I think God puts us in those situations because, you know, then, 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 then we know what we know, what we know, yeah. you know, it's, we, we know who we are and, and that's totally. why I don't apologize for being a, but just a passionate deer hunter. And I've had a few, few casual Christian friends that have even suggested it's idolatry. And I'm like, well, um, it's, it's, it's not idolatry to me because I know where it ranks in my life. Right. And I know where my relationship is with the Lord. And I have seen him put his stamp of approval on it so many times That's that awesome. it's either from the Lord or Satan is, is able to, be the Lord. And I don't think he is. I mean, he can deceive us. He can lie to us. Sure. He can do all that stuff, but he, he can't be God. That's what he wants to be, but he can't be. Sure. And so, so anyways, you know, I put all this stuff in there cause that's how important this story was for my life. And that's why it was the first, first chapter of my book. Cause it really did set the trajectory for my life. And so I'm praying like, God, I just, I'm ready to give up. I'm ready to be done with this. I think you're done with it at this point in my life. Just show me where to go and what to do. And I started hiking back up the ridge. And, and you know, the whole marriage thing I'm talking about, this is weighing on me too. Like, yeah. you know, maybe maybe this is, you know, part of the whole problem. You know, maybe, you know, may, you just don't know. Get to the top of the ridge. 
takes like, I don't know, half hour or so. And I'm exhausted again, you know, cause I just climbed up a 30 degree slope and 30 degrees doesn't sound very steep, but go stand oh, yeah, on one, it man. Is. It's like clawing your way up a, up, up a slope. Yeah. Um, I got up top and I, I sat on this ridge and now I'm looking into the basin from a completely opposite angle and I could see a little better. And I thought, you know, I should probably sit here and look around, you know, just, just check it out for a while. Sure. And, um, haven't really got to look at it from this angle. I hadn't even raised my binoculars yet. And with my naked eye, I saw deer standing down in the heavy quakies broadside to me looking up to my right. And, um, I had, I had pretty good peepers back then and I could <laughs> immediately tell that's him. Oh, that's man. that buck. And I, I threw my, threw my binoculars up and, oh man, it was, this is only the second time. Well, it's the third time I've seen him in two years. Second time I've mm. seen him that year. And, you know, it's not the kind of buck you just go, yeah, okay. Yeah. His brow tines are pretty tall. Yeah. He's got some cheaters. It's like, no, that is a giant <laughs> buck and that is him. And, 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 and I'm just like, just blown away i just walked into this buck yeah and i don't think he sees me even though he's kind of looking up on the ridge i'm on um and so i had to crawl forward and you know this is deep snow like a foot a foot a foot deep you have to be careful with your rifle not to get your scope bell full of snow and um i i, I, I got propped up and on my elbows and i'm shooting prone and um got the scope on him and and, and, and I still remember it, it, we were right in the middle. It had been snowing all morning, but you know how sometimes like halfway through a snowstorm, just the hole in the clouds fo floats yeah. over the sun. You got all this snow falling around you, but the sun's shining yeah. down on the ground. Beautiful. It, it was doing that, dude. It was frigging. I still got that in my mind. Wow. That just incredible. All that sunshine shining on that snow and that giant buck standing there. I couldn't believe it. So I let her rip. <laughs> and um shooting a seven mag with no muzzle brake and got back on him after a shot and he's holding perfectly still just standing there Ooh. and this is about 300 yards just before range finders but since then i've been back and and it, it was it's like 270 or something like that mm -hmm. um uh, but I, I was holding right I, I knew he was about 300 i knew it was a dead on hold and so uh man i jacked another shell in and let her rip and you know i'm nervous yeah. i'm flipping way nervous now and by the time I got recovered and got on him, I couldn't see him anymore. And just dead silent in the woods, you know, after, after a rifle goes off like mm -hmm. that and quits echoing, you're just sitting there like, wow, this, this, this is intense. What <laughs> just happened? God. <laughs> I mean, and I, and I'm already starting to think about, wait a minute. It was like 15 minutes ago. I was praying like, is this even where I go with my life? Yeah. What do I do with my life? What do you want me to do with my life? What direction do you want me to go? And I'm just like, I think I just killed that buck. So I gathered up my stuff, made a circle around the basin, and got down to the trees that he was standing in. And these are quakies, so they're like six feet tall, super brushy, and you, you can't really see into them very far. I kind of get over where I thought he was. And bam, there's a great big skid trail headed down oh, the mountain. Nice. Like Just like what it looks like when you drag a buck out. Yeah. Full, full of blood mm. and tunneling down the mountain. And yet I can't see him. That's how steep it was. Jeez. Like, gosh, where is he? So I kind of, you know, got my rifle to my shoulder, you know, because it don't matter if you drop them. Flip, they can jump right back up and take off. And I'm kind of moving in and, and I come around just a little 
pile of brush where I couldn't see past man. There he was. I still mm. remember him. Still remember laying there. His front legs were caught up in all those cheaters and his antlers. Oh man. You know, because they were they were like a great big hairbrush sticking out there, just grabbing everything as he slid down the mountain. And and I remember just standing there in disbelief, going, I just killed that buck. <laughs> and and it was more than killing a buck. And so my my brothers that are out there that are hunters that are not that are kind of thinking, wow, this dude's way too much into this. You know, we all got our own path. We all got our own experiences. And um, that to me was God putting his stamp of approval on my life that, you know, I know you're living for me. Yeah. I'm going to give you this because I love you because of what, what that verse we just quoted. It's the goodness of God that draws us to him. Yeah. And, and, and dude, the whole thing of my marriage and all that temptation that I was under, you know, we don't earn our righteousness by any mean at all. Mm-hmm. You know, that comes from Christ. You know, I'm still just a sinner saved by grace. Yeah. But I do know he is the rewarder of good works. Yes. The Bible says yep. his, his eyes search to and fro across the earth, looking for anyone that would do his will. Mm-hmm. And in that one little tiny way of, of, of my life, my messed up tumultuous life, God was telling me, I know you're trying to do it right. Yeah. Even though I wasn't totally doing it right, you know, right. that's what I want to make sure. I don't want to get into the gory details with everybody, Yeah, but my heart was his is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. He was letting me know, I know your heart is mine Yeah, and I'm going to take care of you. And it's so like, and he did. Yeah. It's so, um, like, it's such a good analogy for the whole thing. Like you're out there trying your hardest and turns, you know, on your own strength, you're actually chasing the wrong deer. If I'm recalling the correct the story correctly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The wrong buck. <laughs> right. And so, and so you're like in this despair of, uh, you know, I lost another one, you know, you're trying so hard to get it. And then you go back and it's like, you, ha- you know, God just gave it to you. The one you were actually after. And, um, but you had to be on the wrong path for God to put the right path in front of you. It's crazy. Absolutely, man. That's exactly, exactly what it is. And that's what the story in the book was all about. Even though I didn't get a really kind of show the backstory of the spiritual side of it was, yeah, that was exactly it. You know, I was, I wasn't even tracking the right book and yet, you know, but you were out there still still handed it to me. Yeah. And the important thing is, like you said, your heart was right. It's analogous with your relationship with God. Like your heart was right. You were out there putting in the work, you know, being, you weren't sitting in your tent, like God, send me a book. You were out there working for it. You were a little off. You weren't quite doing the right thing, but because you were out there doing it, God then was like, okay, now I'm going to just drop this here. (laughs) So cool. And he did, dude. It was a complete miracle. It's the biggest hunting miracle that's ever happened to me in my entire life. Yeah. And I and you know what? I don't I don't think there'll ever be another one, and that's fine with me because that that buck still means the most to me. Maybe not the buck itself, but the, the whole experience. Yeah. Of how God just kind of tied my life together right then. Yeah. And taught and you to rely I had on him. Already. Go ahead. I was, uh, sorry, I didn't cut you off, but also it taught you just to rely on him. You know, when you're in that moment, like crumpled at the bottom of the tree, you had him to fall back on, you know, you had something. And then he kind of gave you that tangible help to kind of keep going. 
and he did, man, and he did, and 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 I decided then. I had already decided I was following the Lord. I had already decided that. I had decided that three years ago, and I gave my life to Him. But just what I said in the book, it set the trajectory in my life, and I thought this this is the direction He wants me to go. This is when I'm talking about hunting big bucks. Sure, one of the things, not the thing. It's where people get confused, and I start talking about this stuff. This is not all I live for, right? right. But for my wife, I live for my kids, I live for my relationship with the Lord. You know, I'm, I, I'm a responsible business owner. You know, I've employed hundreds of people in my life. You know, I've, 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 that stuff's all important to me, all of it. Sure. But this is one of those things that God said, you can go this way and, and I'm going to support you on it. Yes. And, and, and he still has, he's never taken his hand off of it. And, you know, there's there, a man, a man can have a great relationship with God his whole life and, and be growing and everything, but there still can be some things in his life. Like, God, are you even working in this area? Do you even care about this area? Or, you know, you just, just certain things. Yeah. But then there's also places that, you know, that, you know, that, you know, this, this is what he has for my life. And I don't even need to question it. Satan can't come near it. And, and, and a few of those things for me is, is my marriage now. Now that other marriage did end. It did end and, and not by my hand. All right. I, I waited on the Lord and she ended it and, and, and I moved on. Yeah. But the marriage I have now, happily married 20 years, you know, my three kids that I have with my wife, um, that, that is unquestionable. That is where God has me. There's no, sure. nothing could happen that would separate me from the, from that in my life. Okay. Um, my work ethics, you know, my jobs, you know, stuff like that, you know, obviously my faith, you know, that I'm a, I'm a saved sinner. Satan can't touch that. Yeah. I have some dark days, but I never, ever question that I'm saved ever. It, it doesn't even enter, enter into my mind. Sure. And, 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 and this is where some of my, my, my brothers have a little hard time with it. Deer hunting is kind of right up there too. Not <laughs> as important as my faith, but yeah. I know that I know that I know this is what God has had for me in my life, mm -hmm. at least up till now. And he can change this. He can do anything he wants. Yeah. And he may, he may change my heart. He may take my help. It's all good. Yeah. Whatever he decides. But if he's got the door open right now, I'm running through it. Mm -hmm. I am running through it. Yeah. And and so that's probably a lot more than what you bargained for when you asked me about that story. <laughs> no, it's good but stuff, that's, man. But that's why that is that that first story yeah. is there in my book and I'm I'm glad that we kind of got to talk about the backstory a little bit no, too. No, I love that, man. And you know, God gave us the passions and the desires in our and in life you know, like he, he made you to love deer hunting, you know, like, and he wants us, you know, Jesus came to bring us life and life to the full, you know? Um, and if, as long as you, like you said, you're prioritizing your faith and your family first, obviously, but you know, other than that, like he wants you to enjoy it's, he's a good father, you know? He is a great father. And one of my, one of my, my life verses is Psalm 37 for delight yourself in the Lord and he will give yes. you the desires of your heart. Love that verse. And, um, you know, when I heard that verse as an unbeliever, I would have interpreted it. Oh, okay. The desires of my heart, man, I want a new Ford pickup, you know, Lord, you're <laughs> going to give me that, you know, no, no, that's not what that verse means. That means that if you, you delight yourself in the Lord, the desires that come out of your heart, the righteous desires 
are from him. Yeah. And, 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 and again, I've had people argue with me, like he doesn't care about deer hunting. He doesn't care about any of that stuff. And these are <laughs> some people that call themselves believers. Yeah. Wait a minute. No, no, no. He gave me desires in my heart. He yeah. gave me, you know, my vocation, my, you know, I talked about these other things, my family, stuff like he's given me that desire for that. And I've met people that don't have a desire for their family. They don't have a desire for their job. They, yeah. You know, and, 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 and so, so that, again, it's, it, I know what I know, what I know. And I know that these desires, you know, have come from, from sure. the Lord because I delight myself in the Lord. I love the Lord, man. Absolutely. And, um, uh, you know, I just, all he's done for me from, from saving me to, 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 you know, all that he's poured into my life, man, I love, I love him. And so therefore I don't have to question these desires as long as they line up with scripture. Yes. You know, I'm not saying, I mean, the heart is deceitful above all things. The, the Bible says you got to kind of go process that one too. You can't really trust your heart. Okay. Um, uh, um, in fact, don't trust your heart, but when you've compared your desires to the word and they're lining up and then you start seeing God, you know, putting, putting his, his, his stamp of approval, I call it his, his thumbprint on it. However you want to look at it. Yeah. Um, the, the old Testament talks about it, the, you know, the signet ring, you know, the stamp of approval, you put mm-hmm. the ring on it that, that you start seeing that, then you know what you know, what you know, and you don't need anybody else to tell you or, or anything. Yeah. You, you know it. And this, this, this is one of those things. And this desire that, that comes out of me to, to hunt big bucks it's 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 deep-seated it's part of my faith and it's it's why i'm so passionate about it yeah and um um now, now having said all that i want to make sure people know that this stuff can become an idol oh yeah and 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 and, and i've let that happen before too and this is this is how i know when i've done it if it's not bringing me peace and fulfillment and satisfaction and it's only bringing me um you know disarray to my life you know yeah um you know let's just say say i was having marriage problems now i would look to my hunting as one of the first things like you know because i'm pretty passionate about this is this causing problems yeah and there's been times in my 20-year marriage where you know i've had to change things on how i do it you know because it's not affecting my family right and and stuff like that and 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 so i don't want to make it sound like i'm perfectly balanced no i'm mentally unbalanced that's just (laughs) you know i that's just how i am and so i have to i have to i have to rein that in sure sometimes and i have to look at it and go no this is you know the 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 the, the challenging thing about being a christian I, I i find is knowing how far to take things and we have this great example right in front of me of, of, of hunting because that's my life but i've still seen this with other other believers in other areas we don't we exceed our boundaries. All right. So like sex, like as, as you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fully on board with what the Bible says that God invented sex. It's pretty dang awesome. (laughs) And, but it's, it's confined within boundaries and his boundaries are marriage. Right. Sure. Okay. So I've seen the same thing with these other, we'll just call them passions. Now that's what we keep calling them with, you know, so like, for me with deer hunting, there are boundaries here. I don't want to make it sound like there are not. And when I have exceeded those boundaries, he's let me feel that pain. Yeah. All right. And so, so I just want to make sure, you know, if I got some brothers out there that are listening to this, that maybe are kind of struggling with some of these things that, you know, yeah, he, he does, he does give us boundaries and that's part of, of that's how, you know, 
whether you have have created an idol or not because if the boundaries are set by you and not by the lord yeah. ooh, that's that's something we better look at yeah and and, and, and you know and, and i've made that mistake before that's why i think i can speak with a little bit of authority on it because yeah. there's been times he's he said hey do not go here do not do this you know you know what i mean totally and that's that's the cool thing about having we all talk about a relationship with the lord and that's why my friends that are you know and, and some some of these I live in an area that's heavy with the Colts. And so some of my friends are into that stuff and they're like, Oh no, no, no. God doesn't care about deer hunting. No, 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 no. And I'm like, well then what does he care about? What did he give me this life for? Just to work and die. Yeah. I don't believe that. Yeah. You know? And so it gets down to my personal relationship with him and understanding the word and, 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 you know, and being, being in the word and being part of a fellowship, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, I, I go to church regularly, not to get a, a stamp of approval by my name, not to get a little star. No, 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 man. I can earn no righteousness. That's what I love about, about the Christian message. The righteousness is from him, man. Yeah. I go to, to, to be fed, to be around other believers, to be strengthened, you know, all, all of that stuff. And, 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 and so that's, you know, that's how I keep my life on, on the path. Totally. Yeah. And I love that you included that, that chapter at the end of your book, um, about, you know, spiritual stuff. Cause you know, you say right there at the end, I mean, without your faith, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be the man you are in terms of your family life and all that stuff too. But at the same time, like, um, your faith has got your life on track to the point where you can have a career and you can hunt and you can have a, um, you know, part of your career at least be in the outdoor industry. So it's like, you know, a lot of guys I think focus so much on their physical fitness and, you know, shooting their bow and stuff. Um, but don't realize that like, you know, if you don't have your, your spirit on track as well as your mental and physical fitness, like you're not going to get the most out of life and be able to do what you love as much and, and hunt as much, you know? And worse yet, your life might be a total train wreck. Right. And that's what I put exactly. in that last chapter. That last chapter is called Stuff for Christians and Those So Inclined. Yeah. Um, it was more of a message to my brothers that are already there. I've I've not been very effective witnessing to the to the to non-believers. I just I don't know. I don't have that gift. I try, I don't get very far. But I've always been able to encourage encourage my brethren and my and my brothers. And so I wrote that chapter primarily to my brothers that might be, you know, maybe having a, a rough patch in their life and about how, how God used hunting to clean up my life yeah. because, you know, back to my first marriage, a big part of that mess was me, you know, and the way I was living my life and not any, you can be, you can be on fire, born again, going to heaven and still not living for the Lord yeah. because he's so gracious. He saves us as sinners. And, um, and, and God used hunting and that experience that we spent the first half of the podcast talking about to, to, cl- to encourage me to continue to clean up my life. Right. And, and, and as I, as I said in that chapter, had I stayed on the path I was on, well, I'm 52 years old now, I'd probably be on my fourth marriage have little yeah. kids strewn about everywhere. Yeah. You know, just a, a complete train wreck of a life. 
would I be focused on buck hunting? Oh no, no. I'd yeah. be focused on making that child support payment and, you know, and all, all the mess that you create in your life. Heck I'd probably be addicted to some substance by now. Yeah. Just trying to deal with it all. Yeah. I mean, I, and so that, I, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was saying, I, I come from a past, to, I have an addiction history and I'll tell you right now, like now that I'm clean and my life has been cleaned up, uh, I mean, I'm doing stuff, you know, hunting wise and, fitness and everything that like I never imagined I would be able to do but you got if your life is in the toilet I mean I, I could drag myself out to a tree stand a couple times a year but I'm on a different level now and it started with cleaning up my my inside absolutely brother and then that's that's why I'm trying to tie this all together because it didn't just end on that mountain that day when I got that buck and and, and I thought okay good Lord, the Lord said I can go this way no he he, he really began to, 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 to empower me to clean up my life and make better decisions. And every better decision I would make would give me um, a clearer head. Not, not living in guilt, I guess, is the best yeah. way to say it. Because you're right. You can drag yourself out to that tree stand, but you're dragging with it a lot of guilt. Mm. And that, that does, doesn't make you a good hunter, guys. Sorry. No. You know, it, it, it doesn't. It, 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 you know, you got to be focused and, 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 and enjoying yourself, not worrying about, you know, um, what you did last night. And, right. and so, so, so that's when I told you that little 18 year old girl shared, shared the gospel with me, basically how to get saved. Uh -huh. and Christ died for my sins. That was the first time I had really ever heard that God loves me and is actually interested in my day-to-day -day life. Cause when you grow up in a cult, no, it's about going to church three hours on Sunday and worshiping on the right day yeah. and wearing the right clothes. And, you know, doing, again, it gets down to the righteousness of man, you know? And so when I, when I, when I heard that, that's what was attractive to me that, Whoa, he wants to be involved in my life. And and so as I let him in and continue to, to, to let him in and, and he came in and he cleaned up my life, he gave me peace. Mm. I was just like that demon possessed guy that was living in the graveyard and, 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 and Jesus came and, and, and broke his chains and saved him and healed him. Nice. And all those people came back and said, who's this crazy dude sitting at Jesus's feet here? <laughs> he was just running around trying to kill people like a week ago. <laughs> that was me, man. Yeah. I was sitting at his feet going i don't know what just happened but you have given me peace you have saved me and i want to follow you now if you remember from that story that guy wanted to go with jesus and jesus yep. said no you stay here you stay here go you tell you your be friends. a witness to everybody in this area well that's what hunting has been to me hmm. and, and and god left me here to to be a witness number one to my hunting brothers and, and hopefully to plant some seeds in those who, who may want to follow the Lord. Yeah. And, and that's why, you know, every chance I get, I try to share my story. And that's why my book opened with it and end with it. Because, because I know that as people, the devil lies to people and says, hey, if you follow God, your life's going to suck. It's going to be right. boring. You're going to have to go to church. You're going to have to read your Bible. You're going to give up all these, quote, freedoms. Right. And your life's going to suck. And I'm like, no, no, it's the opposite. That's the lie. Yeah. The, the, all these freedoms that you think you have. I live with those freedoms. I go sleep with, I go sleep with any chick I want. I go get drunk. I can go smoke pot. I can go, I can go do meth. I get all that stuff. People, I yeah. get all that stuff. That is not freedom. No. That is 
bondage. Mm-hmm. That is absolute bondage. And that's, that is what the devil has tricked us into. It's thinking that is freedom. No, 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 no. It is going to destroy your life while you're here. And then God forbid you don't get it cleaned up before you die. We do. I don't even want to talk about what's going to happen yeah. after that. And so when, 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 when you let him clean up your life and you start seeing that, no, this is what Jesus meant in John 10, when he said that I come to give them life and life abundant. Yeah. And he's standing just right against that lie of the devil that no, no, an abundant life is, you know, tons of money and, women or whatever, whatever, you know, all the stuff that we put in there, that's not the abundant life. That doesn't lead to peace and joy and, and really helping you be, I'll just, you know, it's kind of becoming a cliche right now, but really your best self, my best self is living for the Lord. Yeah. That's my best. That's the only way to be my best self. All right. Yeah. And so, so, um, anyways, it goes back to like, it goes back to that, like discipline equals freedom type, type deal. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Man, I take care of my my wife and my kids and, you know, provide well for them. You know, she's she's the number one uh, person in this earth on this earth for me. You know, Mm -hmm. she's the number one human. I got to treat her as such. And 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 when when I'm following the Lord, I'm able to do that, because remember, this all stuff might sound all high and holy. Man, I am a sinner. I mean, I smash my finger with a hammer an hour from now, you can't believe the tirade that can come out of my mouth. And I hate it. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it. That's why I know I'm saved. I hate that where I used to love to talk that way. Yeah. You know, and that's just the old man, you know, trying to hang on to me. Yeah. And, um, uh, um, and so anyways, it all ties together for me. It's not just about deer hunting. Yeah. You know, that's what I want. I want people to know. And I, I hope maybe there's somebody out there that, that, you know, either reads my book or hears this podcast or something that this can help them get their life on track and and they can know that they know that they know this is what god wants me to do and where he wants me to go because that is that is that is when the stuff starts to happen that's when your life will start to come together and you're going to see these things happen and you're going to know that this is from the lord yeah and um uh it, it was just like when jacob laid down on that rock in the old testament he fell asleep and he and he had that dream and he saw those angels descending and and, and ascending from heaven you know on the ladder and his life changed and his life changed when he got in the wrestling match with god too mm-hmm. and those are all those are all pictures of a man who you know he was a you know he was a conniver yeah you know, he liar. was a liar yeah you know like what was he called when he when he when he when he come out of the womb and he grabbed his brother's heel heel catcher which was like not a not an endearing term. Right. You know, he was a, he was, you know, always working an angle and always, you know, from, from birth, you yeah. know, he was scamming. God changed his life and, you know, and he went on, he went on to do, to do great things and have a great faith in the Lord, but he was still a sinner. He's still, you look in the Bible, you see all the stuff he screwed up, you know, yeah. and that's, that's, that's how, that's how we are. You know, we're broken, we're broken, we're broken vessels, but we got the light of God in us shining out through those cracks. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's what I want to do with my hunt career, because honestly, if this is only about deer hunting, it's pretty vain Yeah. and, and it's, it's going to fold up and go away someday too. Of you know, course, yeah. you know, your, your, your body, your body quits cooperating, you know, whatever, you know, it's, 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 it's gonna, it's, it's, God's going to roll it up like scroll and put it away at some point in my life too. I'm, I'm fully aware of that, yeah. but, but if it's only about that, then yeah, it's, it's pretty vain. 
but man, if I can take a few of my brothers with me and I can encourage somebody and, you know, and I, and I can get somebody to, to, to follow the Lord, you know, and that's why I, emp- I ended the book, you know, with that verse that, um, you know, Psalm 34, eight, that, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts him. People go try that. <laughs> Just yeah. go try it. And I, I promise if you are sincere and you are, you are, you are willing to give God your life. You're willing to accept the, 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 the gift that, that Jesus gave us by dying for our sins, because while we were still sinners, he died for us. And, and, and I just challenge you to go give that a try. And I'm yep. just telling you, I did. And, and I know he is real. It's, it's for real. No atheist in the world. No, no, nothing will ever talk me out of my experiences that I've had with, oh, yeah. with him and this, this journey with him. Absolutely. And that's why I keep saying, I know what I know, what I know. I don't know a lot of things in life. There's a lot of things I'm unsure about, but I know that I know that I know that I am in the Lord and that he is in me. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. It'll make you faith. will make you a better man, better husband, better hunter. Um, it's and it's awesome that God allows us to enjoy his creation like that. Um I heard you say on another podcast one time that and I think it's an interesting concept, I just wanted to bring it up with you real quick, that hunters see what they expect to see. And mm-hmm. it's almost like, you know, you know, mindset so important, like, you know, being having a positive attitude. And like the world would maybe even call it like the law of attraction or whatever, but it's actually like a big a biblical concept too. And I was, I was just reading this morning, doing my little uh, quiet time devotional thing. And I, I went to, I got to Proverbs ten twenty four, what the wicked dreads will come upon him, but the desires of the righteous will be granted. And it just kind of made me think about when you said like hunters see what they expect to see. If you're out there just like, oh, uh, there ain't no deer out here, blah, 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 you know, it's going to shape your whole experience. Right, right. Yeah. And that the context of what I was, when I talk about that, cause I've talked about it on a lot of podcasts is that, that if, if our attitude is everything and, and I want people to know, I, I really don't have a great attitude in life. I struggle with negativity. Mm. Um, you know, I grew up around a little bit of negativity and, um, you know, so I, I've been exposed to that and it's probably my, my bent, you know, I mean, I, I just kind of lean that way. My wife always has to like, be like, Hey, hey, wait a minute. Listen to that foolishness that's coming out of your mouth right now. And 99.9% of the time she's exactly right. Like, yeah. oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, I can't do that. Isn't so it that, annoying that how wives are, uh, wives are right all the time? Oh man. God <laughs> knew what he was doing when he, when he said, Hey man, you're for most people, you know, you're, you're, you're you need that helper. Yeah. You need, you need to be married. Yeah. He's right. Oh yeah. My wife has and, helped um, me out uh, a lot. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, like my cowboy friend says, when my, my wife starts talking, I need to let my ears perk up a little bit. <laughs> um, but any, anyways, so my attitude, your, your attitude, everybody's attitude, that pretty much what determines life. And I, you can go study anybody that's been pretty much anybody that's been successful in anything, believer or non-believer, they usually have a, a good attitude about what they're doing or, the, or they just couldn't, they just couldn't function. And so hunting is the same way. And, um, you can, you can be totally passionate about it. I just wrote a blog post on this a couple of weeks ago called motivation versus self-discipline. Mm. And, um, 
you can be completely motivated about hunting and love it and everything. But when you get out there, you're going to you most of the time you get spanked. Most of the time it's pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. You know, I hunted 40 days last year and, uh, you know, didn't get a buck. I can't be bitter about that. I cannot be bitter about that. That's just the reality of hunting. And it's hard. It's hard. So you gotta, you gotta, um, do your due diligence, do your scouting, you know, learn your craft, you know, all, all that stuff. That's part of the journey. That's, that's the fun part of it, but you can't get it all down in the mouth when, when things aren't going your way yeah. or just go hunt elk. There's a lot more of them <laughs> around than there are bucks. And so, you know, you'll, you'll be happier doing that. Um, and, and so that's what I mean when I say hunters pretty much see what they think they're going to see. And if, if, if they think it's going to suck and, um, you know, all that stuff, then, yep, it's pretty much going to suck. And um, I, I try to remember um, uh, um, um, that verse in the Bible. It's in Philippians. It says, you know, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. Yeah. Okay, dude, and again, I don't think this stuff is all just on the spiritual level. I mean, God's word is alive and real. It's like a two-edged sword yep. and it applies to our life. And so I love that verse. And I always have to go back to it and remember that nah, God wants me to, God's a positive thinker. If there's a positive thinker oh, yeah. in the universe, it's God. You know, he, he thinks on what is, you know, what it says, you know, noble, praiseworthy, pure, uh, lovely, you know, admirable, you know, whatever's true, that's, that's what God, God wants us to think right. on. And, and, and you just, that, that verse that you just, that you just quoted, um, I just read that the other day cause I was doing, doing Proverbs. Say it again. Oh, really? what was the verse? Yeah. Proverbs ten twenty four. what the wicked dreads will come upon him, but the desire of the righteous will be granted. There you go. And that's, there's other places in, um, Proverbs where that's reiterated, you know, how Proverbs is, yeah. it'll say, it'll say, a, say it one way. And then later on you read it and you're like, Oh, I thought that verse was somewhere else. You go look it up and like, well, there's two of them and they're almost identical, but they say, they say it different ways. So it's later in Proverbs too. And so, 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 and that stuff is peppered all throughout the Bible. Uh, Romans, uh, Romans four, there's one in there too, that, that God calls that, which is not as though it is. And there's different translations of it. Of You know, he calls that which does not exist as though it does exist. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, it, it's part of his creative nature, because if we just go to the, you know, go go to Genesis, God just spoke all this into existence and the atheists are still going crazy over it. (laughs) You know, they got all the, ah, man, it came from the big bang. It came from aliens, whatever. They cannot even wrap their minds around it. Oh no, no. He just said it. Yeah. And so it is deal with it. And, 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 and trust me, sometimes I have to deal with it too. Cause I have those doubts and it's like, well, wait a minute. No, 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 no. It is because he said it is. Mm. Well, that also, you know, that, you know, we're, we're made in his image. So our words yes. are so powerful words have power. and, and, and so, so, so yeah, what we expect to see if, if, we're, if we're, if we're talking it down, then it, 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 it's probably going to suck. Yeah. You know, that's, that, that's really what that, that, that is all about. And 100%. I'm not going to do it right all the time. I can get down too. Don't get me wrong. My, at the end of my 40th day last year of hunting on two or three great tags. And it was, I was coming to the realization that I am not going to get a buck this year. Yeah. I was a little down, but you know, I just lifted, lifted him up and said, God, how many guys get a hunt 40 days for big bucks on three great tags? Exactly. Yeah. You're not going to hear one complaint out of my mouth lord and if you do 
forgive me before it even comes. Yeah. You know, and so so this attitude thing is huge to me. And it's honestly it, it's it's what's kept me going because, you know, if you ever if you ever decide to throw in for big mule deer and you know that's what you're gonna do, it's pretty dang discouraging. Yeah, I bet. Well, and along that note, man, I I kind of want to challenge you on something too, because you know, like you said, words have power, and um, you know, maybe you lean a little bit towards the negative side, but you know, I hear I hear you say a lot that you know you're a sinner saved by grace. That is true. We all, well, at least from my perspective, we were sinners, but God's made you a new creation. You're now a new man. So. I would just, I, I don't really refer to myself anymore as a sinner. I know I do sin, but I would just be, um, I would just challenge you maybe to like, maybe call yourself a new man and don't call yourself a sinner so much. <laughs> you know, and, and that's great advice. And I'm glad you're picking up on that. But I always want to remember I'm in mixed company here when I'm, when I'm talking, no, I hear you, man. I'm on a podcast and, um, uh, one, one of the things that I've, that I, you know, cause I've witnessed to a lot of unbelievers and I've witnessed to a lot of people that, um, they believe in something, uh, you, know, you know, something like 95% of the world believes in God, but you know, you really get talking to them and it's like, man, what kind of God is that? What have you made up in your mind? Yeah. I always try to remember I'm in mixed company yeah. and one of the biggest complaints I get from people that don't want to that don't want to believe that don't want to follow the Lord is they, they think that I think I'm something right that I have arrived. I'm pure. Totally. I'm holy. And then also remember my cult background that yeah. I come from. That's, there's a lot of that in those folks yeah. that, 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 you know, you, you have, you are pure now. Right. <laughs> I'm with you, brother. What you just said, that is, that is, that is, um, that is accurate from the word. Yeah. That is accurate. We are, we are a new creation. Yeah. And I know what and, you're you know, saying God, just comes God, from humility. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what you're saying, I know your heart, it, where your heart is. And it's just coming from a place of humility. And that's that's right on. Um, but I, I just seen on the other side of the coin, too, it can be um, damaging um, to some people if you know you're just constantly like oh, i'm a sinner i'm a sinner because like the church i grew up you're in right. it, it they, they pounded into your head so much that you're a sinner you're this you're bad everything you think is of evil and that's true when you're not saved but then when you're born again you're a new creation and then you kind of have to like work through that like okay um and and if you keep saying like i'm a sinner i'm a sinner i'm a sinner you might turn out to be a sinner <laughs> you know so i'm just be, yeah, i just yeah. careful I, I know about that. i know exactly i know exactly what you mean yeah. and i'm just trying to make sure that as people listen to me they don't think that oh i have arrived because 100%, i will yeah. not make it through the day and neither will you without sinning today yeah. am i correct oh yeah yeah i mean okay. we sin so for that, sure that's really what i mean right there yeah. is that until until um god uh, you know folds up this old tent yeah and takes me to heaven you know, I'm, we're, we're, we're still, we're still in the flesh, Absolutely. But, but, but I'm with you and, and, and I take the, take, take the admonishment and the verse that you <laughs> referred to second Corinthians five, six, six, 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Yeah. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I believe that with all my heart, yeah, man. but I am still faced with the fact if I walk out in the garage and hit my, 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 my thumb <laughs> with a hammer, it's not going to be good. No, no, I hear you, man. I just like what happened to me was that got drilled into me so hard in an unbalanced way that I got to a place yeah. where I started to believe subconsciously that anything that I enjoyed or wanted to do was inherently bad. Like there you go. And so that That's goes back to right. Whole, You're right. Yeah. 
and it goes back to the whole You're thing of right. God you made us to love hunting. So like if you have that unbalanced and I, I know you're not there, but if you have that kind of unbalanced perspective of it, you can be like, well, I really like hunting a lot, so I shouldn't do it. But God doesn't want that. Mm-hmm. No, no, exactly. That's why I brought up that verse about if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will give us the desires of our heart. Yeah, man. And, um, and but, but Satan gets in there and, you know, tries to confuse all yep. that stuff. Twist it all. And, 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 and yeah, so, so, so good discussion. Yeah, man. Um, couple more questions real quick more like easier questions are you still good on time for a little bit yeah okay mm-hmm. um so i you know i'm new i've never killed a mule deer um this year i'm going to kodiak in august to do a blacktail hunt i'm probably gonna film for um Lord willing, if it works out, I'm going to be filming for Dan Staten of Elk Shape in September on, you know, following him around shooting the elk, hopefully. Um, and then I'm going to be doing a antelope hunt in October. But so mule deer is not on my menu for this year, but mm-hmm. I've started kind of building up some points in various states uh, started last year. So, I mean, mm-hmm. just from a kind of a high level view um, for me and other guys might be listening that got mule deer out in the next one or two, three years out. What are some, some tips for like new guys that you would, you would give, we would give. Buy my book. <laughs> yeah. Your book is good. That is a good tip. <laughs> Shameless plug. Dude, I'm only going off of what hundreds of people have told me that it really helps shorten their learning curve yeah. when, when, as a new hunter, and, you know, cause even though it's written kind of for the crowd of, of, of hunting big mule deer, it's still, I think I even said it somewhere in the book that even if you're not into the whole big mule deer thing, I promise you, even if you're just, you know, trying to fill the freezer, you know, happier with a smaller buck, all that stuff that you, these, these tips and tactics that I give in there are going to get you there so much faster mm. and 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 I'll I'll say this dude and this is not being cocky if it's about just filling my freezer 99% of years I will be done opening morning or at least opening day mm. it might take till the night time to have a branch antlered decent mature buck um in my pack um because this 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 the stuff that I share in there is, is timeless. I mean, it just works. And I'm talking about still hunting, tracking, ambush hunting, glassing. That's a huge one for mule deer right there. If you'll get those things nailed down, you, you will be successful so much faster. Mm. And, um, and, and, and the way I try to write my book is, is, is it's from, it's from hunting deer from high country to low country, because, um, you know, I have not hunted in the East, but you know, when I read, I read a lot of, I read a lot of whitetail stuff. Yeah. If you look on my blog, I've reviewed a bunch of whitetail books um, because I think we can learn from all deer hunters. Sure. It seems to me like the, the we, we call them zones out here. Like uh, if a mule deer lives in the high country zone, that means he lives above timberline for the most part. Um, that, that you hunt a certain way in that zone but you might move five miles away and be in completely a different zone. You may be down in the desert and, um, or you may be hunting, hitting, hunting in foothill, uh, uh, sagebrush, steep country, or maybe even river bottoms. So what I'm trying to say here, it seems like when I talk to my whitetail friends, their geographical area 
you know, the, the, of, of a few hundred miles is pretty much the same tactics. Tell me if I'm wrong here, but you know, they're, they're hunting in tree yeah. stands, they're hunting trails, you know, the, the, the deer, we, we live in Alabama, it's super brushy here. And, you know, we just put up a tree stand and, and this is how we hunt. I can talk to a guy that lives 150 miles away in Texas or I have my mileage wrong there. And he's kind of hunting the same way if it's the same country where we're here, dude, it's, you're changing tactics with, with everywhere that mm. you go. And then the conditions too. I mean, there's, there can be one mountain on one side of the Valley. That's awesome for glassing. And I jump to the other side of the Valley. The only way I'm going to kill a big deer there is by tracking. And I, so therefore I got to wait for the snow. I got to wait for the right conditions. And so that's why I think it's really important to be able to handle all those different t techniques almost seamlessly because I, you can't just be a one trick pony. A lot of guys, you hear about glassing in the West. It's still your number one technique. It really is. You do have to nail it down, but if that's all you ever do, oh man, I would be missing half a, or a third of my big bucks mm. because a lot of them, all glassing did was tip me off on, on where to hunt. I still had to get in there and, and get in their living room to kill them. Um, and, and, and so, so that's why being able to handle those tactics and uh, that second to last chapter of my book, you know, I think it's called the complete mule deer hunter. Yeah. You know, that, that right there is talking about, you know, switching from technique to technique to technique on one single hunt. And that was, even though that wasn't a real hunt, that was a conglomeration of hunts in my brain over the years of where I've had to do those things. And I might've started off tracking and then I switched to glassing and then I switched to still hunting. And then I set up an ambush and bam, I, I started glassing again and there he is. Yeah. And so it's bringing all that stuff together where some of my whitetail buddies, I mean, you look at the Benoist in, uh, uh, in, in the northeastern part of the United States, man, I don't even think they have binoculars. You know, right. that, why would they need them? I mean, and, and they don't really do anything but track unless there's no snow. Right. You know, and then they'll, then they'll set up some ambushes. You know what I mean? And so, so you got to be a little more um, creative than that when, when, when you're hunting deer. Um, you know, unless, you know, unless you just have one place that you hunt, you always only go there. There's some really good deer hunters that do that, mm. but I find that that can be pretty restrictive if you want to get a big buck because big bucks are like crops and, you know, one area is good one year yeah. and then it's not good for 10 more years. And then the whole tag situation right now, that's just changing everything Right. that, um, um, you know, you just, you just don't know where you're going to be on right. We kind of opened the podcast with that. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know where I'm going to be. Um, because I don't know what I drew yet. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta kind of be ready for that stuff too. Well, like just, I'd say like tags aside, like if you could pick like maybe a, like a season, like if it'd be like, I would do, or a, a season in a state, like from a high level, like what would you pick for a first mule deer hunt? Like, would you say, I would go, you know, do high country Colorado or I would do late season Wyoming or like, you know, what, what would you say for a first one? It's good. If, if somebody is, is from east of the Mississippi, um, um, and they're not used to high country, it is so much harder than what people believe. Mm. And, and even just being in shape sometimes doesn't get it done. It's a good way to see deer. That's what's why high country hunting is popular. There's not a lot of cover up there. The reason there's not a lot of cover up there, because even right now on, you know, May 26, there's you know, four to six feet of snow in some of that country. And so uh, the growing season is so short that it, it, it just cannot grow big vegetation, big spruce, you know, big, big pine, you know, stuff like that. And then um, the wind in a lot of places 
um, stunts the growth of, 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 you know, you'll find trees, but they can only grow out of the ground about three feet and then they're bent. Yeah. Um, and so, so what that does is it makes for a lot of open country and that open country is able to get a lot of sunlight to the ground, obviously, cause nothing's shading it. And so, you know, it grows some good, good feed. And, um, and so it's a good place to see deer. That's why it's popular, but you know, a lot of people, and I shouldn't even say Eastern guys. I mean, I know Western guys that just are completely blown away how hard it is to hunt high, high country from a physical mm-hmm. standpoint, you know, from a backpack standpoint. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't steer people away from it. I would just tell them, you know, to make sure you have a, a very healthy dose of reality of what you're getting into, you know, go with somebody if you can, because, you know, just turning up the wrong Canyon, you know, cause it's your first trip in there, you know, you may burn an extra, three to 10,000 calories, mm. just trying to correct your mistake, you know, and you may lose an, uh, you know, an entire day or two of hunting from just, just simply being in the wrong place. And, you know, you don't just, it's pretty easy to listen to a podcast and like, Oh yeah, yeah. We hunt this Ridge one day and that Ridge one day, you know, we, everything's on our back. Those are usually very experienced hunters that are doing that kind of stuff. And so that's kind of the first And And I have a scout, I had a scouting service for, for 20 years and I would help guys. Um, and so some of this is just direct experience of hunters. Just tell me, man, I, I never even made it to that place yeah. where you told me to go. I just physically could not get there. And man, that was like an eye opener to me, like really. And I guess then I had to kind of think, ah, I guess, I guess this is just, isn't what you're used to. So, so keep that in mind. Um, uh, but that can be a really fun hunt because you see a lot of deer. Um, your next zone in the West is kind of your, 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 your foothill sagebrush, um, uh, brush zone. And, um, there's deer in those zones all year round, but they're, they're pretty hard to hunt until you get the snow and the rut. And so you want to try to hunt those kind of areas typically after November 1st. And then, and that's really going to get down to, it's very hard to get tags then. Mm. Um, that's when the mule deer are you know, most vulnerable. So a lot of states have, have clamped down on them. But, you know, that's going to be your, you know, your third season Colorado, some of your second season. That's going to be kind of your later tags in Idaho. It's going to be the Montana general season is a lot that way because it doesn't open until late October, runs till late November. Um, you know, some, some of your Nevada tags will be that way, although they're very, very hard to get. But there, there's a few that are open after Halloween. Um, Utah, um, does not have a lot of running unless you're willing to hunt with primitive weapon. There are a few tags out there that allow you to hunt after November 1st, but if you're willing to hunt with, uh, with a muzzleloader, although their muzzleloaders aren't primitive, you can put a scope on yeah. them and everything. So they're kind of like a single shot rifle. Um, but they, you know, they have some late archery seasons and stuff like that. Um, that's going to put you into that time frame. but what I'm trying to get at is, you know, don't, don't go hunt that type of country in October, unless you have a guide or a friend. And that's like, Hey, this is where the bucks are. This is how you get in there. This is how you see them. You know, that can be a big leg up, um, moving, moving into the, there, there is another kind of really good time to hunt them is, um, the late August, mid to late August. Mm. Those are almost always bow seasons. There are a few rifle tags open at that time. They almost always draw. I think 90% of them are draw from about 
August 15th to about September 15th, that's a good time to catch deer out in the open and in really in any of these habitats. They just have not moved into the cover for the majority of the day yet by then. It seems like you get past about early October, mid-October. They're just they're just laying low yeah. and, um, you know, brush is their friend. So I would think through some of that stuff. But, you know, if I, I would never discourage, I don't want to discourage anybody from, you know, living in Pennsylvania, packing up and coming out west. I just, because I've met some dang good hunters yeah. from, from those states that are out there that don't grow up in mule deer country, but they always have something in common. They, they know what the heck they're doing, whether that was, um, you know, some of them can go five years without getting a deer and it doesn't bother. Most guys aren't wired that way. They're going to give up. Sometimes they've just paid the school of hard knocks and they've come out enough and they failed enough that they've got their skill set together. And then they just go on to, you know, they're as good as any Western hunter. Um, but more often than not, they've usually started with an outfitter or a guide or a good friend. Um, you know, they, they had a big leg up when they came out here. So they didn't just have to make all those mistakes that, mm -hmm. you know, that you make when you're either a new deer hunter or you're trying to switch from whitetail hunting to mule deer hunting, you know, they, 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 they found a way to get into success earlier so that they don't have to spend that three or four or five years. You know what I mean? Making mistakes. Totally. And, and it can be 50 years, by the way, for some guys, I know what <laughs> some Western hunters that have literally spent 40 or 50 years in good mule deer country, Boone and Crockett mule deer country, and they've never killed a big buck. Um, you know, so you can, you know, certain people can, for whatever reason, never get it. That usually has to do with them shooting the first nice buck they see, right. by the way. But, um, uh, and there's no problem in that if that's what they're after. But, you know, those are kind of some of the ways I think, about about mule deer and and now you've got to look a couple years ahead and it sounds like you are you know trying to get some points and everything although i think think our point systems are going to be under major modification here at some point in the future because they're not just producing what people were hoping and people are actually this is so funny Connor. of what's changed in my life when uh how old are you 34 Okay, so when I was 34, it was all about the points. Mm. Any state that had a random draw, you just ignored it. Like, why would you have a random draw? That's so stupid. And now it's the opposite. The states that have a random draw, those are the ones people are kind of yeah. excited about because they're like, I, I actually have a chance, have a chance yeah. you know? Um, uh, where in these other states, it's like, I have no chance. I just went to zero points for Nevada. And, you know, I was looking at, at, at how many tags are drawn in the zero point level. I thought, you know, what? I just need to be comfortable that I'm supporting wildlife by buying this yeah. uh, license to apply oh, yeah. because I am not going to draw. And sure enough, I did not a draw and I did not apply for even a hard hunt. So, you know, that's, that's kind of what's changed. So you need to be thinking about that a little bit mm -hmm. ahead of time, building some points in States that allow them, you know, playing the game in States that have random and, um, you know, really, you know, doing anything you can to get a tag because that's going to be the challenge going forward. Unless we can really get mule deer herds to increase, you know, tags are going down, not up right now. Mm. And, um, and you may be, you know, ready to hunt, able to hunt all of that stuff. And you may have nowhere to go. Mm. Yeah. Dang. Well, that's, that's good, but yeah, you got to play the long game. I've learned that definitely the Western hunting got to play the long game for sure. Absolutely. Let me recommend some other books too. If you're yeah. coming out west to archery hunt, make sure you read David Long's second. Uh, well, it's about his fourth book, but it's his second mule deer only book. It's called The Edge. Okay. 
And um, he wrote it along with Mike Duplan, who is an editor at Western Hunter Mag, a great writer, a big, big buck hunter. He's not, Mike's not so much into the archery part of it. You'll enjoy his rifle stories, though. But David really took the archery to the next level. And out here, David is kind of one of the people that put high country archery buck hunting on the map. Nice. Um, um, and he had, a, you know, he was a good deer hunter before he started archery hunting. But when he started archery hunting, you know, he just got plugged in with the right people. That's how I know him. He knew I was doing well at high country archery hunting. And he had me write a chapter, a couple chapters in his first book. That's how I got to know him. Um, Cause he didn't have any archery content. By the time he put out his second book, man, he was writing the archery content and the edge is really good if you want to come in and do that. And David is really into the technical planning, the hunts. You know, I'm not so much. I'm more the storyteller. You need to read my stories and pull the pull the good stuff out of them. Yeah. Um, where David is really good at breaking down. Here's step one. Here's step two. Here's step three. This is how you scout. This is what the mountain looks like. He's really good at that mm. stuff. So that that's one to look at if you're going to do um, archery, high country deer. Um, another one that's just make you a good hunter, and it's an old book, is Dwight shoes um oh what's the name of his book i just lost it um it's a uh, bow hunting bow hunting mule deer you can't you, you can't miss it it's on it's on amazon i'll type it in here but that's a really really good book it's you know it's got it, it, it's old so it's kind of um it'll feel basic if you've got some of this stuff yeah. but it's still good stuff you need, you need you need to read it um it's called it's called hunting open country um, uh, open hunting, open country mule deer. And it's, it's, it's virtually all archery. And, uh, that's a really, really good one. Cool. Uh, let me think of some of the other ones. If you're going to be hunting, um, if you go to, if you go to my blog on rockslide.com, R O K slide.com, you will see, I have reviewed almost all these books I'm talking oh, nice. about on there, but another good one, if you're going to be hunting low country deer is Dennis, uh, Winch's God rest his soul. He just died about a year and a half ago, mm. but he was able to get a book out, um, and left us with a lot of mule deer knowledge. This is like one of those 70 year old guys has been hunting mule deer since he was, I don't know, as soon as he got weaned. Um, uh, and so there's a ton of good stuff in there. He kind of hunted the, the lower country. Um, you know, like I told you out here, we have a lot of zones that mule deer live in. And so, he was more the desert juniper type uh, country, um, and, and he did really well on big mule deer. And and he's a lot like David. He's a lot of this, just the how-to, this is how I did it, This do this, do that, do this, you know, some good stuff. That's a really good one yeah. as well. But, um, you know, read that stuff. Um, and that will really shorten your learning curve. Um, the, the final one I'll mention, it's kind of a controversial one because the guy got in trouble a little bit because there was a few things he wasn't doing right, but Kurt Darner's, um, um, uh, how to find giant bucks. That's the one that put big mule deer on the map hmm. for the nation. I don't care what anybody says. I remember when that book came out in the eighties, he was, he was really the first guy that put a pen to paper and uh, really showed people how to find big bucks. And, uh, that's a, that's a good classic one one to read but I, I really do believe that that you can glean a lot of this stuff if you don't have a good buddy that lives in the west that's taking you hunting books are where it's at and kurt garner's book is the one i wrote about it in my book yeah, if I remember. you read it um, um yeah i mean it's it, it it's 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 it can probably considered basic now but oh man that guy thinks like a deer hunter and uh there's a lot of good stuff there nice man Awesome. Well, it's a lot of great, great info. Maybe, um, you know, maybe next year if I, if I end up doing mule deer in 2022 or something, I can have you back on and dive more into like specifics of mule deer hunting, but this has been an awesome conversation, man. 
Yeah, yeah. A good. I know I, I, I talk in, in kind of real general about it. And again, it gets down to these microclimates I live in. But if we knew where you had a tag, yeah. and okay, this is the kind of deer hunting it is, you know, then we could really like, okay, man, I know I, this is how I would, yeah. hunt, you know, that, that, that's where I can really start to get yeah, into man. the specifics. Yeah. So maybe in the future we can do that maybe next year or something. Sure. That'd be awesome. Well, man, this has been great. I really appreciate your time. Um, it's been great talking to you and catching up. Yeah, you bet, man. Thank you. I'm glad there's a podcast out there where we can talk about this stuff. Yeah, for sure, man. It's been really good talking to you. Hope we can stay in touch and maybe meet in person one day. But uh, until then, man. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, thanks again for your time. You bet. God bless your podcast, man. Keep up the good oh, work. Appreciate it, man. Keep me in prayer, man. I will do. All right, brother. Thanks again. Thanks again for listening to the Hunter's Quest podcast and make sure you stay up to date on social media at the Hunter's Quest on Instagram and the Hunter's Quest podcast on Facebook and we'll have all kinds of photos and videos from my day to day as well as stuff from the awesome guests we're having on here. As always, I'm more than happy to connect with you guys if you have questions about hunting or spiritual stuff or gear, fitness. Whatever, just drop me a line in my DMs or you can email me at hunter at thisishuntersquest.com. If you like what you're hearing, please go ahead and hit the subscribe button and leave me a rating and a review. That's really helpful. And don't forget to share with your friends. So stay tuned. Lots of cool stuff in the works. And I'm really excited to continue this quest together.